Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hey, WAG listeners, it's Allison, reminding you that this show cannot be made without you. If you've been thinking about becoming a Candleland supporter, we're having a pretty great sale right now. You'll get premium ad-free feeds of all Candleland shows, discounts on merch from our store, and exclusive bonus episodes from some of our podcasts. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Candleland supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special offer for our listeners. For $2 a month, you can become a supporter and do your part to ensure we can continue making this show. And we really like making this show for you. Basically, nothing costs $2 anymore. You could, like, get a bag of candy, a locker at a public swimming pool. I've been honestly trying to think of something that cheap, and I'm not getting far. So sign up for just $2 a month for the next six months. Just go to canadaland.com join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. It's crowdfunding month at Canadaland Media. And crowdfunding is especially important to Wag the Duck because this podcast only exists because we get monthly funding from our supporters through Patreon. I mean, it's not a podcast dedicated to bashing Doug Ford, but a podcast that contains a a good amount of that. And so, as you could imagine, it's not the easiest thing to find advertisers for. It's also objectively reported from my end, Jonathan. No, 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 of course. But uh, because of the overall bent or perspective or, or just approach that to the analysis <laughs> or and or the logo title and theme song, not something everyone necessarily wants to touch. And many of the places that would possibly or potentially like to advertise would pose conflicts for us. We've had to decline advertisers oh, because yeah. of potential conflicts of interest that have to do with reporting on Queen's Park. And therefore, we rely on patrons like you. So if you enjoy Wag the Doug we are going to ask you this month to go to patreon.com slash CanadaLand and add yourself to our list of supporters. Your support through Patreon doesn't only help wag the dug and keep us going, keep us creating podcasts every month for you. It also supports the rest of the really cool stuff going on at CanadaLand. For example, the Commons podcast did an episode on the Fords itself. It was more on the Rob Ford It was more on Rob, thing, yeah. Was... But uh, a certain co-host of mine made quite quite the cameo on that show. So if you haven't listened to that episode of Commons yet, uh, as part of their Dynasty series, you should check it out. Yes, and what I like to shout out isn't one specific thing that someone has done, although my colleagues have done many wonderful things things, but rather the fact that your contributions, your support over the years has really helped this place grow, and not just in terms of the number of people, but in terms of 
the actual workplace itself. It started off as Jesse subletting a desk in the corner of this one room. When I got here a cup to almost three years ago, it was basically we just started by pushing a bunch of IKEA desks together and sitting all around all cramped. And we were like that for a while. And finally, in the last year, it's really started to bloom into a real office. We moved into a bigger space. We have proper desks. I mean, the stuff you don't see is that Candleland has grown not just in terms of the breadth and depth and quality and quantity of its output, but also in terms of what it's actually like for people here. Still ways to go, but the transformation, particularly in the last year, the the growth of the company has been really has been deeply encouraging, and we'd love to be able to continue to continue our, that trajectory from one guy at one desk to a real company and organization where people are happy to come to work every day. So Candidland's going to continue making more great content, doing more great reporting. And with your contributions, we're also going to boost some stuff for our staff. Yeah. Our first funding goal, as it often is, is basically better pay and a raise for everyone but Jesse. And that better pay includes not just all the staff here, but raising our freelance rates, raising our rates of contractors like Allison, and just trying to overall raise the standards so that we can keep moving towards actually setting a model for what this kind of work should be compensated at. And that goal's not that far off. And then our big goal this year is a follow-up to our Thunder Bay series, which would involve, you know, a bit of a direct follow-up in, in terms of one or two episodes as like an epilogue, and then a new series that would explore, through a similar lens, Niagara Falls, Ontario, where there's stuff to talk about. Let's just, let's just say that. I'm so excited to hear another series and investigative reporting like that from Ryan McMahon. So we know the real reason you support Canada Land on Patreon is not for the rewards, but just in case you want some icing on the cake, we have a whole bunch of new stuff this year that we can't wait to send out to our supporters. That includes new t-shirts, bagus, which I thought were just people here making up their own slang term for bag, but it turns out it's an actual well-liked product that is better known among people who are not men, and uh, a limited edition perfume called Canada Land The Smell for major donors. And also, if you give us five bucks US per month, you get ad-free podcasts. Full disclosure, I am actually a Candleland patron for at least a year or more because it is worth five US dollars per month for me to listen to Candleland shows without ads. So Wag the Doug will always be free for everyone, but it really relies on your support to continue to exist. If you like this show or anything else that Candleland does, please consider chipping in a few dollars a month to keep us around. Go to patreon.com slash Canadaland to become a supporter or to up your support level this month. We really appreciate it. Let's wag that dog. There's one facet of the Ford government that Jonathan and I talk about a lot, but we've never really explored on the show yet. 
Since Canada Land is an organization committed to media criticism, and Ontario News Now is the closest thing to media that the Ontario PC Party produces, we think it's time. And Ontario News Now has been facing some big changes. Hopefully you'll be able to imagine Ontario News Now in all slick turgidity as we examine, is it a dangerous encroachment on the domain of a free and independent press? Or just a harmlessly obnoxious social media video feed? Some people would argue that partisan news-style videos are not a new political tactic. Politicians, including Stephen Harper, have also used this medium to get across their message to their base. Others would just call it propaganda. And there's another question. It's easy for us as cynical journalists to either sit and laugh at these videos or get angry at the fact that they mimic real media. But the question is, are they politically effective for the PC party? Are they achieving whatever goal the party and the Ford campaign set out to achieve? That's what we want to figure out. I'm Allison Smith, publisher of Queen's Park Today. And I'm Jonathan Goldsby, a news editor at Canada Land, and I formerly covered the Fords at Toronto City Hall for Now magazine, where I once created a Rob Ford video jukebox. This is Wag the Doug, a pop-up podcast about Doug Ford. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So before we get into Ontario News Now, we're going to give you just a quick update of what's been going on at Queen's Park since the House reconvened post-federal election last month. So as we talked about on the last episode, for more or less went into hiding during the federal election. Conservative leader Andrew Scheer wanted nothing at all to do with him, refused to say his name or even allude to his existence, whereas uh, liberal leader and once again Prime Minister Justin Trudeau would not stop saying Doug Ford's name. Shortly after election day, Parliament resumed at Queen's Park, and I had been hearing rumors. uh, There'd been a lot of talk in the lead up to the first day back that something big was going to happen. We were like poised, Jonathan and I, waiting to put together an episode at the last minute, and then nothing really happened. No, (laughs) no. So if you've been following the news out of Queen's Park, the new narrative that you are likely to have been hearing over the past month or so is that the PC party has turned over a new leaf. It's become a muted, sort of more tame version of its former self. You can't hear my eye roll. 
Ford has been leaning a lot harder on his sort of high-level cabinet ministers to carry out policy. And he's also doing a lot less media or a lot fewer media availabilities. And while he's still in question period, uh, he's not as bombastic as he once was. Yeah, but I mean, shortly after supposedly trying to establish this new tone, he did suddenly claim that the NDP had uh, blown up Hamilton. Yeah. So during question period a few weeks ago, Doug Ford took a friendly question from a PC MPP. Thank you very much. The next question, the member for Flamborough. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, my question is to the Premier. Premier. Uh, That's when the, the backbenchers are allowed to ask questions of the cabinet ministers. They're usually dull and self-congratulatory exchanges. Once again, absolutely thrilled to be able to rise in the House and share with everyone more great news about economic activity, investments. Uh, But uh, MPP Donna Skelly, she represents a riding in the Hamilton area, and she asked Ford a question about business growth in the city. Can the Premier elaborate on the new investments happening in my city of Hamilton. And he fired back by saying, Hamilton's been ignored. It's been run by the NDP, the socialists who destroyed the city for years. Mr. Speaker, I, I want to thank the member from Flamborough, Glanbrook, for doing a great job, for having a very loud voice in Hamilton. Because yep. guess what, Mr. Speaker? Yep. Hamilton's been ignored. Yep. It's been run by the NDP, the socialists, Opposition have destroyed the city for years. Now... Ford had previously said Donna Skelly is the only uh, member that's working her back off in Hamilton. All of these remarks were supposed to be a way for Ford to dunk on the NDP because the NDP holds all of the other ridings in the Hamilton area. But the latest outburst really uh, backfired, I'd say. It led to protests outside Donna Skelly's office. Uh, People were mad that she hadn't stood up to the premier for claiming that Hamilton Mm. has been destroyed. And I guess it's just sort of proof that he's still willing to uh, say things people don't like. So are any uh, public sector unions on strike yet? None are on strike. However, three out of the province's four teachers unions are pretty poised to launch strikes, should they so decide. The elementary school teachers are going to launch work to rule strike action next week. So they'll be in schools, but they're not going to do things like fill out report cards. The Catholic school teachers just voted 97 percent in favor of taking strike action. High school teachers just voted a similar way and they will be in legal strike position. Uh, They are in legal strike position, actually, but they just need to drop five days notice before they could be on the picket lines. So all of this is a rainy storm cloud just ready to let loose should they decide. There's often quite a bit of distance between taking a strike vote and announcing its results and actually going on strike. What are the major unresolved issues here? It's a few things. It's class sizes, which the PCs have said they want to raise the average class size up by about four over the next few years. Obviously, teachers don't like that. Another issue, which is really interesting and I don't think gets a lot of play, but if you talk to a teacher, this is one of the first things they'll say, is that Ontario implemented a policy maybe a decade ago that sort of stopped dividing up classrooms for students with special needs. The idea was that everyone should be in the same class. 
Uh, and what that seems to really have created is a, a lot of struggles for teachers. That Yeah, that's on the table, as well as, obviously, pay raises. Although the thing is that teachers know that people aren't crying a lot of tears for their salaries. So I think they try to push the class size uh, and the other sort mm-hmm. of educational support worker stuff in the when they talk about it in the media. Also recently at Queen's Park, the NDP figured out that the Ford government's much touted cancellation of green energy projects, uh, such as wind, power plants, solar plants, lots of some had like already begun construction when they were canceled, cost the taxpayer $231 million. That's pretty much exactly what uh, the liberals originally claimed that their infamous gas plants cancellation would cost, but $230 million. But it ended up being believed around five times that. As long as the PCs can keep it, you know, a fifth of what the gas plants cancellation cost, they can probably still pretend to have the moral, some sort of moral high ground. If it eclipses a third of a billion, they've got some problems. If it gets over half, then they're probably fucked. It's interesting because both of those involved nimbyism, right? The gas plants, but just in various different mm-hmm. regions of the province that the those parties uh, were popular. And the gas plants were canceled in Oakville, Mississauga, because the liberals wanted to win seats there. Uh, and didn't, the residents were pissed about them, whereas the... All the green energy products were in rural areas, and it was same reason, exactly. So I guess it pays to elect a government that values your riding. Or has few larger principles than their own political ambitions. It's all the parties. Listeners, if you are not part of the 0.001% of Ontarians who subscribe to the Ontario News Now Twitter feed... Yes, I did the math on that. You might not have seen a lot of content from Ontario's number one taxpayer-funded PC party-run news service. These are short video clips around between one and two minutes that sort of resemble the kind of local news package you might catch in the corner of your eye on CP24 in a doctor's waiting room. Um, But it's one reporter who's not a reporter, Lindsay Vanstone. Paid for uh, by the PC party. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She well, is, specifically. Yes. But the whole thing uh, the is. The whole thing well. is. Yes. With a, a branded microphone interviewing Doug Ford and usually various ministers at events or things. So, sort of like an alternate universe version of the news where everything is good and pleasant and Doug Ford is bold and heroic with uh, impressive stamina and in a world where people care what gifts he did and did not get as a child for Christmas. Yeah, they also try to make him seem funny in a way that I really haven't ever seen him come across as anywhere else. Um, avuncular, I would say. They want him to come across as... Jolly? I feel like Jolly's a little bit too strong, but yeah, perhaps Jolly. That's why I chose avuncular, which is like a shade short of Jolly. <laughs> it's like a more attainable Jolly. Uh, so there are a few different flavors of Ontario News Now video. Pretend we're giving you a one of those tiny little sampling spoons and giving you little tastes of a few of them. So this first one is of the genre of kind of economic development tour 
uh, has the premier stopping off at a few different uh, factories and businesses. We're in the Bay of Quinty telling the folks here Ontario's open for business and open for jobs. Well, today was a great day. Uh, we visited North East. The premier is touring a bunch of businesses. There's like footage of him sitting down with the management of the company, presumably, around a table looking very serious. There's lots of B-roll of like a dump truck moving around in a quarry. Some gravel. Yeah, gravel <laughs> getting yeah, they're, pushed they're around. They're doing a lot to subvert the, uh, the, imp- the impression that much of Ontario is just pits of gravel. He's the only one that actually seems to be taking an interest, which is good. The business owners pictured kind of vary from kind of a salt-of-the-earth butcher guy uh, who actually looks pretty cool uh, and, you know, more of a businessy guy who apparently runs a cold storage facility. Is it inherently contradictory to describe someone appearing voluntarily appearing in an Ontario News Now video as looking cool? Possibly, but check out the <laughs> goatee. <laughs> Our government was elected on a commitment to make life more affordable for the people of Ontario. Uh, Another mode is the Dear Leader style of video where Doug Ford's heroic efforts to rally Ontarians against the federal liberal hordes is uh, extolled at length. Under the leadership of Premier Doug Ford, our government moved quickly to eliminate the ineffective cap-and-trade program. Since then, refiners... I mean, this is one of... It's got to be dozens having to do with the carbon tax. That's probably their favorite subject matter or on was. Ontario News Now. Was, was. right. Of reasons. But the fact is, drivers in Ontario are now saving an addition. And we have Lindsay Vanstone. She's wearing white gloves and a fur coat or faux fur coat. Actually, it looks like standing in a parking lot of a gas, busy, busy gas station. And then again, lots of B-roll of people just filling up their gas tank and the price ticking upwards and... Uh, a weird uh, montage or collage of different gas price signs. For Ontario News Now, I'm Lindsay Vanstone. Okay, the next video is part of a the genre of fun and celebration where we have uh, the premier, uh, other cabinet ministers, other politicians out at community events celebrating uh the best Ontario has to offer. They slept out to Wyarton, Ontario for Groundhog Day, which afforded one of their MPPs an opportunity to make a terrible little pun. This is a really wonderful time, let's just say that. An early spring and good news for the thousands of people gathered here in Wyarton. Yeah, we got Ford out there shaking hands with the people. He's up on the stage. But there's no direct Um, Ford-Groundhog interaction, though, is there? The MPP is wearing a purple cloak and top hat, which I guess is maybe a traditional Groundhog Day outfit. Uh, Right now, as I'm watching this, Twitter is recommending that I follow on the sidebar Wired and Willie. Oh, yeah. You found the official Twitter account of Canada's foremost weather (laughs) prognosticator, Wired and Willie. Follow me and my furry antics all year round. What is he doing in November? Let's find out. (laughs) Oh, he has not tweeted in a while. That's the only tweet on February 2nd. Yeah, it's only tweeted since June. It's about the raptors. The groundhog is being kind of carried through the crowd in this video, and it's in an an all-glass case. Mm, Like a pope. Like a pope. (laughs) 
I will say Ford looks great in this video. He's wearing a really nice jacket and a nice white scarf, and it's pretty fashion. And yet he is probably the most dressed to the greatest degree of restraint of all of the officials presiding over this groundhog ceremony. As Wyerton Willie says, An early spring. Whoa! Well, this one's interesting because, okay, so this video is coverage of... Uh, the lead up, I guess, to a first minister's meeting. Premier Ford came to the first minister's meeting in Montreal with clear priorities. He wants to make sure that open- Ford met with Trudeau and also had a trilateral meeting with some other premiers. This one's interesting because it actually really looks like news coverage, like Lindsay Vanstone is in front of the type of background that cabinet ministers in lots of different governments will make announcements in front of. Um, like flags of different exactly. provinces and the, the national flag. However, we'll also note that like this, her access, and this is really good a good point about Ontario News Now, which we'll get to a bit further, but she is right front and center with Doug Ford. She's standing with the other premiers. She's like in the room with uh, Ford and Trudeau. She's interviewing Scott Moe. Like, I don't know. We could go back and we'd have to take, you know, a look at exactly what the actual news coverage of this went. But I can bet you my bottom dollar that your average Queen's Park reporter was getting nowhere near as much access to these people as Ontario News Now was, which is, of course, like one of the big problems of it, especially when it's pretending to be the news. It's unfortunate that this is going to be imposed upon us. I mean, I ran against a no-carbon tax. For Ontario News Now, I'm Lindsay Vanstone. One of the longer videos, at a you know a very generous two and a half minutes, was one of his few uh, year-end interviews he did last year, if you would describe an exchange of general pleasantries as an interview, uh, in which Vanstone basically asked the Premier about, you know, Christmas stuff. All right, Premier, are you excited that it's Christmas? Well, I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of season. Do you remember Christmas? It's a sort of a tradition at Queen's Park and other parliaments, including the House of Commons, that the leader of the government will sit down with various news outlets at Christmas time at the end of the year and, you know, kind of recap the year for them. It's actually, even with a... It it's even tends to be a friendly interview with real media. Ford... Uh, did not do any sit-downs with anyone. I think he talked to Brian Lilly of The Sun briefly on the phone, but everyone was denied these interviews, and then this comes out and definitely angered the, the press gallery. It comes to this time of year. What makes it feel like Christmas? What's that show or movie on TV that makes you go, oh, it's Christmas? Well, there's so many great shows, and I, I love watching. Uh, I still love watching the cartoons like uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or Frosty the Snowman, and the claymation ones. Yeah, because every uh, not neither of those are claymation. That, that whole week coming up to Christmas, it'd be huge. Tell us about some of the Ford Christmas traditions. What do you guys do when it's Christmas? What does Christmas look like for your family? We head down south. I think it's also notable at the the very end of this interview when he says. And I want everyone to have a great 2019. He like stares into the directly into the camera, no longer like facing mm. Lindsay Vanstone when he says it, and it comes off as oddly threatening. Well, everything he says comes off as oddly threatening. I don't think he has any other mode, really. Vinicular. 
Wait, uh, avuncular? Avuncular. <laughs> vehicular, too. <laughs> it's going to be a great 2019 for everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. So Ontario News Now is a spinoff of Ford Nation Live, which was a communications arm of Doug Ford's campaign during the spring 2018 election. It was the brainchild of Doug Ford's campaign manager, Corey Tonike. He's the guy who ran the Sun News Network, and he was a you know former Stephen Harper communications director and uh, more recently a you know, one-time Rebel Media errand boy. During the campaign, Ford's team used Ford Nation Live to get around him having to take questions from the press. Uh, Instead of talking to the real news reporters following his campaign, he'd often just talk to the Ford Nation Live reporter, imagine air quotes, Lindsey Vanstone. The introduction of this uh, media arm led the Ontario Liberal Party to file a complaint with the electoral commissioner about it. The complaint specifically accused Ford of trying to pass off political advertising as media coverage. But that's probably not really necessarily the domain of Elections Ontario. Yeah, nothing came of the complaint. Anyway, it also pissed off journalists because Vanstone would ostensibly break news, but of course, you know, not ask questions about policies or things that Ford is proposing, right? Yeah, which is like is relevant also in hindsight, because as we know, or if you remember the campaign very well, Ford basically campaigned without a platform, which mm-hmm. kind of led to, you know, a lot of the chaos that, that the first year of his government was uh, imbued in. Mm-hmm. But the the interesting part, I think, about uh, how Ford's campaign team talked about Ford Nation Live after its creation was that they were like very shameless about it. And they, they really talked about it as if it was a type of news service. About three and a half months after the election at a Ryerson University event with the various parties' respective campaign managers, Corey Tonight explained the thinking behind it. Here's a clip of him talking about how we, how all of us consume media now and how Ford Nation Live fit into that. You tend to see only things that you are interested in and you tend to be much more neutral as to what that source material comes from. So one of the things that we did that was different this campaign is we created our own news channel and created our own news content and uh, propagated that to voters uh, where we could say exactly what it is that we wanted to communicate, whether it was a platform uh, plank that we rolled out that day, what have you. But how people are then consuming it is they, they view that very neutrally. Like the, the credibility of something coming from the Star or the CBC is not necessarily better than coming from Ford Nation Live. What tonight is outlining here is that we are all living in a very opportune moment for government propaganda. It's easier now than it's ever been really for something like Ford Nation Live or Ontario News Now to infiltrate uh, the lives of people who the, the government maybe decides are its audience. Yeah, I mean, we're basically all consuming news and information all of the time. You know, we, we curate the kinds of things we want to see and we let algorithms feed us the rest. So not surprisingly, that's a pretty easy system to game with political actors knowing that most people can't or won't really differentiate their content from anything else in your social media feeds. Yeah. And, uh, you know, worth noting is that the PC campaign specifically said that they targeted on Ford Nation Live on Facebook to 
sort of 45 to 65 year olds, which a lot of data has said is a demographic that's less likely than perhaps younger people to be able to identify when something is misinformation or propaganda or fake news or whatever you want to call it. But despite all of this, you know, post-campaign boasting and bravado that we heard from, like, the actual people behind Ford Nation Live, a lot of us at Queen's Park were actually really surprised when the PCs resurrected it once they formed government. In July 2018, so, you know, just after the election, Ontario News Now became an official arm of the Ontario government, and Lindsey Vanstone was added to the payroll. Uh, Vanstone is a Seneca broadcasting grad, class of 2005, and before working with Ford, she spent about a decade kicking around the whole talk radio circuit in southern Ontario uh, as both a reporter, anchor, as a reporter, anchor, producer, spent a bit of time as an assignment editor for CB24, and probably most notably, she was the producer for The Live Drive with John Tory, not too long before he ran for mayor, the, the second and successful time. But most notably, if you do a database, you know, a newspaper database search for her name, prior to her whole Ford stuff, most of the results have to do with a uh, particular competition she entered. When Charlie Sheen tweeted that he was looking to hire a winter intern with tiger blood, more than 82,000 people from 180 countries tweeted back, expressing their interest in the job of Charlie Sheen's intern. Lindsay Vanstone is one of the top 50 and says she's got the winning edge to live the Sheen dream, and she joins me now live via Skype. Lindsay, welcome. Hi, Carol. How are you doing? I'm good. Now, I understand you're a successful anchor at a radio station in Canada. So why do you want a job as Charlie Sheen's intern? Who doesn't want a job as Charlie Sheen's intern? I think it would be the most fun. So, so that, was, that was from CNN in 2011. Van Stone d did not end up becoming Charlie Sheen's intern. But in a 2013 interview with Babes on Bay Street, she did credit the experience with helping her break into broadcasting in Toronto. So listeners, if you are listening to us from Ontario, we can't stress this enough. When it comes to Ontario News Now, you are the ones paying for this. And if you're listening from outside Ontario, please get in touch. I'm really curious what your interest is in this. The cash comes from the PC Caucus Services Bureau, which is the political arm of government. It does things like conduct internal polling, make websites for MPPs, and it gets about $6.7 million per year. But caucus services spending isn't subject to freedom of information requests. So we don't know how much Ontario News Now, or ONN, uh, actually cost the province. But earlier this year, the Globe and Mail reported that Lindsay Vanstone's salary was at least $100,000 a year, making her one of the highest paid reporters at Queen's Park. And she, there's a travel budget. The Ontario News Now crew has gone to New York City with Ford. They also went to the auto show in Detroit. Ooh, Detroit. But yeah, in terms of the various expenses associated with Ontario News Now, here's one we were we think we were able to figure out associated with this video, which falls into the more uh, video art genre of Ontario News Now. And Ontario's top baby names for this year are... Well, before I tell you that, Ontario's Government for the People is actually celebrating 100 years of recording baby names in Ontario. Did you Lindsay Vanstone stands in front of... Well, green screened or blue screened in front of an animated background, some 
semi-elaborate motion design showcasing baby photos and various other icons associated with babies, such as teddy bears, such as teddy bears and little and flags, also babies and little bluebirds that resemble the Twitter logo, a teddy bear in a plane, some sort of humanoid bee creature, rocking horse. It's quite a bit of animation and had the PC caucus paid for this motion design work themselves. It could have been quite an expense. Fortunately, it seems, however, that they purchased uh, Adobe After Effects template that's available online by a designer who goes by Dimka4D. You can buy it for $32 US on videohive.net. It came with the description. You can use it for a new baby announcement, baby's first year, birthday, childhood memories photo album, summer vacation, any kid celebration, ETC, hope project will be useful for you. He apparently didn't consider its possibilities for government propaganda. After naming their newborns, parents have up to 30 days to register for their child's birth. So the question about Ontario News Now remains, has this been an effective propaganda machine for the Ford government? Back in March, uh, then PC Caucus Services Bureau Executive Director Jeff Silverstein told The Globe that Ontario News Now had been viewed more than 10 million times across social media platforms, not to mention the amount of earned media that it's been generated as a result of the Queen's Park Press Gallery's fascination with the platform. Silverstein himself is a former journalist turned communications consultant who went to work for Rob and then Doug Ford in their respective 2014 mayoral campaigns. Uh, toward the end of that year, uh, he told the star that he had been disappointed by a lack of what he called fair and balanced coverage of Rob Ford at City Hall. So in that reading, like Ontario News Now would be like a fight back strategy. A corrective. Right. Um, which really says a lot about how they view media. I mean, was that ancient Stephen Colbert line, you know, reality has a liberal bias? If it's fair to infer that they genuinely believe that Ontario, that, that Ontario News Now is some sort of corrective, uh, it does make you wonder what they think about uh, accurate reporting or actual reporting, including yours, Allison. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't all been smooth sailing for Ontario News Now. In July of this summer, Ontario News Now posted this video. We're here at Peely Island Winery in Kingsville with my all-star MVP, Rick Nichols. You know, Premier, it's it. Go out and buy a bottle of Peely Island wine. It's great. It's coming to a convenience store close to you. Seems boring enough. It would fit into one of those genres we talked about mm. earlier, the like touring the province, business uh, promotion mm. type vid. However, it turned out that Peely Island Winery's president, Walter Schmoraz, had made a $1,000 donation to the Ontario PC Party just two weeks before Ford showed up at his winery and took that tour. Uh, Walter Schmoraz is actually in that video a few times. And... Some people, not me, actually picked up the fact that he was a PC donor, uh, which led to a hashtag encouraging people to boycott Peely Island Winery. I had just gotten home from a bachelorette party the night before, and I was real mm. tired. However, I <laughs> spent a few hours because I had watched so many of these videos, right? And I knew that a lot of them fell into this Ford Tours 
factory or business category. So I went through and watched all of the existing videos at that time that that fell into that category and started looking up the names of their owners and founders and checking whether or not on the Elections Ontario database they had been PC donors. It really didn't take very long at all. I think one of the first videos I watched had two businesses that both of the owners or founders had made significant donations to the PC party in the last couple of years to recognize there was a pattern. I think there were four or five in total. Uh, so I reported that story out and it uh, really created a pretty big backlash, I would say. Uh, it raised a lot of questions about whether or not Ontario News Now was being used as sort of a fundraising arm of the PC party, uh, which or, a, you know, a cash for access type deal, or whether or not, like, what is the substantive reward for a company whose owner donates to the PCs to have the premier there, have their video featured on Ontario News Now. So the response from the premier's office to all that was to repeatedly insist no one can buy Doug Ford. A couple of weeks later, PC sources told the Toronto Star that the party planned to radically alter the videos because, oh, that reason, the reasoning was because not enough people were watching. So the government would no longer be broadcasting fake news. It seemed like the party in, you know, kind of the sly way of sort of leaking that to the media was suggesting that they were going to stop this particular practice before it got any more attention. I mean, Allison more or less killed Ontario News now. I mean, they, they still they, they still produce videos that's still churning stuff out. Um, but I mean, if you look at their metrics for YouTube or Facebook, I mean, it's or or, or, or even Twitter, it's slowed down quite a bit. Since then, in the months since then, a lot more of the videos are holiday messages. I want to wish all my constituents and everyone across Ontario a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, greetings to all of you. And I hope everyone has a, an opportunity to say Or just sort of general video footage mm-hmm. of a minister's press conference as opposed to any like active Ontario News Now on the scene type mm-hmm. of uh, f- fake reporting. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of they're along the salt lines of the same video. Like they did five videos for Mother's Day this year and two for Father's Day. They, or the videos they did for Thanksgiving, which is just a row or a, a whole like lineup of MPs, MPPs one at a time in front of a green screen or a blue screen, probably green screen, uh, just giving some generic message to their constituents one after another. There's a lot of that. A couple weeks ago, there was actually some staffing changes at PC Caucus's Services Bureau. Lindsay Vanstone was promoted. Uh, She's now the executive director. uh, And... Silverstein, her predecessor, who the Globe had reported was earning about $150,000 a year, uh, he is out. So it looks like Vanstone got a raise. Oh, yeah. No, her, her career arc has been uh, quite impressive to go from a, you know, a news talk producer salary to 150000 a year or, or thereabouts is, 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 is quite good. So um, there, there are careers in broadcasting still available. So following that, PC sources were saying that Ontario News Now is going to live on, but as more of an MPP-led initiative. It's vaguely clear what that means. Uh, It 
I think Vaguely it means clear. less. I enjoy that turn of phrase, but that's a totally appropriate for PC caucus services. Well, Vaguely I guess clear. what it means is less Vanstone on the camera. Yes. Um, again, like less of these mm-hmm. uh, hit in the road videos and more of, you know, what I saw in the Queen's Park lawn the other week, which was a couple sort of sad looking PC MPPs standing in front of a tripod on the Queen's Park lawn getting recorded you know, probably giving a holiday message. It, it is it, always some sort of holiday in Ontario. Sad looking. Is there is there another type of MPP these days? There's Ontario Green leader Mike Schreiner. He's a happy guy. I, I guess. I mean, I guess he's happy to be there. Yeah. I think at this point, you can almost look at Ontario news now as almost an online reflection of the state of the Ontario PC party at any given time. Last summer, when they first launched, you know, the party and Ford were bombastic. You know, they were breaking things. And Ontario News Now was unabashedly acting like a news outlet. That quote that we had with Jeff Silverstein earlier saying that there were over 10 million views of Ontario News Now was uh, was published just before the spring budget, when I think a lot of people would say the Ontario PC party started really plummeting in popularity when it, everyone started realizing what their, their cuts would look like. So um, the peak of Ontario News Now was almost you know, dissipating already at that moment. In the summer, we saw the Dean French scandal and the appointments and the nepotism, and that stuff really, really hurt Doug Ford in the polls, which is exactly at the same moment that my coverage of Ontario News Now and its, you know, potential cash for access implications came out and, you know, kind of hit them right along the same level as that. And now we have them back at Queen's Park this month, last month, and everything's, you know, quiet and peaceful, or at least that's the narrative they're presenting, while kind of the same muted presence can be seen online through Ontario News Now. I mean, John Tory uh, tends to, you know, take as his mantra this Bill Davis quote, Bill Davis being, I think, the longest, one of the longest serving Ontario premiers, certainly in... A conservative one as well. Yeah, modern history. You know, where he famous the famous phrase, you know, bland works. I, I don't think Doug Ford is or really could be bland, even if he actively attempted as, as much. I think it would actually be even more entertaining if he did. But it does tend to be a hallmark of a successful government in as much as if a government considers itself successful when people are not engaged. So Ontario News Now can be entertaining, but it can also be uh, people lecturing about types of isotopes. However, there's going to be an election again. The PCs are going to have to get their base fired up again. And, you know, let's wait and see whether Ontario News Now or Ford Nation Live becomes a part of that again, because I think there's a good chance that it will. was Wag the Dug, a show about the Climation Ones. I'm Allison Smith, and you can find me on Twitter at at Queen's Park Today. I'm Jonathan Goldsby, and you can find me on Twitter at Goldsby. Our producer is Kevin Sexton, and our theme music is by Nathan Burley. Our podcast is listener-supported. 
If you like what we do, please consider supporting us or raising your contribution uh, at patreon.com slash CanadaLand. Also want to give a shout out to Frequency Podcast Network's The Gravy Train Podcast, which is more or less an oral history of Rob Ford's tenure as mayor of Toronto. I appear in at least a couple episodes of it, and uh, it's really enjoyable, and there's you'll, you'll learn new stuff. It's going to be a great 2019 for everyone. Hey, WAG listeners, it's Allison, reminding you that this show cannot be made without you. If you've been thinking about becoming a Candleland supporter, we're having a pretty great sale right now. You'll get premium ad-free feeds of all Candleland shows, discounts on merch from our store, and exclusive bonus episodes from some of our podcasts. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Candleland supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special offer for our listeners. For $2 a month, you can become a supporter and do your part to ensure we can continue making this show. And we really like making this show for you. Basically, nothing costs $2 anymore. You could, like, get a bag of candy, a locker at a public swimming pool. I've been honestly trying to think of something that cheap, and I'm not getting far. So sign up for just $2 a month for the next six months. Just go to canadaland.com join, or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today.